What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 90 of the Frame Skip Podcast. I am Austin Eller. I'm joined by the ladies' man, Elijah Steele. How's it going, Elijah? It's going okay. How about yourself? It's going great now that I'm talking to you. I'm glad to see you. I miss you. It's been a while. It has. It really has been. Like a whole week. (laughs) You know who else is here? Mr. Mr. Clean himself, the coach Kyle Newman. How's it going, coach? Good. You know what? Today was the first time in a long time that I got home and it was still light outside. That's nice. Yes, it was. So switching to Mondays is a good thing. Well, there we are. There we are. You know who else we're joined by? George Loftus. And he is here. George McCorkle Jones Loftus. Yeah. George <laughs> Railroad Loftus. That's me. I still George like George the Animal Steel Loftus. George of the Jungle Loftus. George Michael, father figure himself. Uh, there's gotta be other famous Georges. Yeah, George what other? Curious Washington, 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 six Curious foot seven. George, Curious George, freaking ton. King George. Yeah. Um. Well, that's George, great, George. I mean, George how are you? Cha, I'm George good. I actually, I, I actually, <laughs> I'm actually named after my grandmother, whose name was Georgia. So that's, really, that's, that's cool. Yeah, that's a good fun fact. Yeah. Uh. I'm good. I actually just had like a little flashback to high school being so paranoid that I was going to get made fun of that they were going to call me boy George. And then I realized like I live in kind of like a small area that isn't so big into 80s music. So I was the only one who thought to call me boy George. And so I Uh, dodged a bullet there, but. Well, I'll start calling you Boy George when I host, if you would no, like. No, that's... No, I, I mean, I literally told you to call me George McCorkle Jones. <laughs> don't even use my last name anymore. I don't want the McCorkle sandwich between my names. I just want to be George McCorkle Jones. Speaking of... Uh, uh, Mac Attack? Yeah. So when he was on, in Culture Club, they revolutionized oh. pop music. Yeah. I mean... We're talking about Boy they, George, not, yeah. not Mac Jones. Yeah. I got excited. I thought we were going to talk football. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. George. So, and I remember that. I mean, like, I wasn't into that. I'm like, was in the, like my little metal stage, right? But um, it's interesting because music went from, you know, late 70s, just like long-haired hippie, hippie rock to, you know, pop and just expressing. Everyone was expressing themselves by the way they dressed, the way they the way they uh, sang and stuff like that. So he was kind of an icon for the first part of the 80s, for sure. I hear you. And I do love Culture Club. I love The Cure. Like, I love all that stuff that was like just synthy emo music before we had like the words for it. You know, I just was 14 in high school and I'd only kissed one girl and I was nervous and I didn't want people to make fun of me for having the same name as the guy who you know, would wear feathers in his hair and wear lipstick all the time. Now I don't give a crap and I think I could rock that look. You absolutely could. I'm Thank also you. a big fan of the episode of A-Team that Boy George was on. Can't recall it <laughs> off the top of my head, but I'm sure that Mr. T showed Boy George a good time. Uh, they were getting somebody to play in a biker bar and they thought they were getting George Michael 
but instead they got Boy George. Yeah. It was a great episode. That's Coach, I have funny. to ask, this is completely completely unrelated, but you talked about like the, the metal phase and expressing yourself. Did you right. ever have an emo phase, Coach? No. Never. Dang it. Okay. I was really hoping you had. No, I mean, um, <laughs> and the only reason you why have, is have like long hair. Yes, I did. Okay. But here's the thing. My hair was like really curly. So it was like a, a mop. Right. So, but, um, no, no, no emo phase. I was always in sports. So it was just like high octane the whole time. So I'm now just picturing coach as looking like Jonah Hill, I think it was from 21 Jump Street right at the beginning when he's just all decked out in black with the like hair to the side. But I'm picturing Coach in that attire. Toby Maguire, no, Spider-Man. It was three. always shorts, vans, and... But no, that wasn't Jonah Hill short. in 21 Jump Street. Jonah Hill looked like, uh, <laughs> Jonah it, Hill looked like Eminem. It, that's right. It was Jonah Hill and in Ch- some movie. I don't Channing, know Channing Tatum had like that foppish hair, like that... Uh, it's a good look. Those are good movies, the remakes, especially it's so uh, good. Of uh, are you talking about Twenty One Jump Jump Street? Yeah, yeah. I've never actually seen those movies. It's on oh, Netflix so right good. now. Yeah, when, when he runs good. into Ice Cube at the family, the family gathering, or the you know at yeah. college, yeah, bro. That's one of the funniest. Uh, don't season. spoil it, Coach. Don't spoil yeah, it's it. really good. Uh, <laughs> 21 Jump Street is absolutely on Netflix. I watched it yes. two days ago, so give it a look. Okay. Such a Going fantastic movie. One and two. Fun so, time. Still good. I wanted to, to start off this week. You know, we're, we're, we're going to have a bigger topic here shortly, but of course, we always hit our, our games we've been playing. But specifically, I want to start with Elijah because he's been playing probably the most anticipated game of this year for many people. And so I really want to hear his thoughts. That, of course, being Elden Ring. So I'm 19 hours into Elden Ring. So from what I hear, that's approximately one-tenth of the game. And uh, I know many reviewers got about uh, between 60 to 90 hours into the game and didn't beat it. Uh, The game is fantastic. It's so good. It is... Without a doubt, Dark Souls 4, 5, and 6 all rolled together. It's everything that you think a Dark Souls game would be like, oh, this would be in the next Dark Souls. But then also add in, oh, this would be in the Dark Souls after that. And that's what this game is. The The world is beautiful. I can't stop taking screenshots of it. Just so expertly crafted. It feels so lively with everything being, in a way, dead. Because that's how Dark Souls enemies be. Uh, the last I heard, there are between 40 and... Somewhere between 40 and 80 bosses in the game. Uh, okay, I think that's I've, insane. Holy crap. I, I think I've beaten around 10. One of them being a story boss. How many... Sorry, just because I'm not super familiar with Souls stuff. So like you say, that many bosses in Elden Ring. Which sounds like a lot, but like, what does that compare to like Dark Souls or or Demon Souls or Bloodborne or something? Actual boss wise, like where the name comes up and has a big health bar. Yeah, that's probably about all of them combined. Dip. Yeah, that's. I a was going to okay. say what there's like maybe ten to fifteen in Bloodborne at most. Yeah. This so. 
this, nuts. this game is massive. It is like it is literally every Soulsborne game from software has made rolled into one size wise. And it, it does the classic story of here's a little basic story beat. Go have fun, explore, you will find the story. You'll find the lore. I don't even I don't know exactly where the next boss is. I have inklings because instead of bonfires in this one, it's grace. You find lost grace points. And they're scattered throughout the world. There are so many of them. That's my favorite thing about it. There are so many of these grace points that you never feel like you have a long way to walk to go anywhere. Like if you have that that unlocked, you're a short distance from like anything. The base story that it gets out at the beginning is there was this Elden Ring and it was broken into multiple parts. And each of these main story bosses has you getting a part of that ring back. And you want to combine them all to create the Elden Ring again and become an Elden Lord. If you have played a Souls game, you have played Elden Ring in an essence. The, the, the way combat is, it is Dark Souls combat through and through. There are basically, most of the weapons are from Dark Souls. And Blood... And kind of... Variations on some Bloodborne weapons as well. Yeah, if you've, if you've played one of the Souls games, you've, in essence, played this. But you also, what's really neat, is have an astral steed that you call upon by using... It, it's called a whistle, but it looks like a ring. And that summons your astral steed that you can fight on top of. I've already had fights with other, like, bosses on horseback. It was awesome. Wow. It was so really fun. Cool. So much has been thought about in this game, in this world. And I can't stress enough. Uh, it'll be hard for something to beat this game as my game of the year. I ha I am 19 hours into it, and I cannot wait to go back in. I found a nice hill to kind of grind some runes. Runes in, are basically in Bloodborne, it was Blood Echoes, and Dark Souls, it was Souls. It's runes in this one. And the the best part about it, if you find a boss where you're like, I can't beat it, I'm not strong enough or whatever, there's... 15 other directions you can just go in and there's probably some enemies you can beat that way and maybe even a boss you can beat that way there's no gating off hey this boss is probably way too high level for me there's no gating that off you can get to that boss if you just run past stuff or whatever you get in there and you get wrecked in one hit that's how you know hey i probably shouldn't be here yet yeah, let's let's turn around. We'll we'll come back to this one later. <laughs> but it it does such a good job of letting you just explore. And exploring this world is beautiful. You know how I feel about open world games. I feel none of that with this game. Because I'm just so excited to see what's around the next corner. I'm so excited to see what kind of enemy or NPC or maybe there was basically a section I I don't know how it started. I wasn't able to get it to start again, but I basically started a war between the creatures and these soldiers. By shooting this soldier, and he turned around and saw the creature, 
and went and attacked it. And then there's just this battlefield of these like creatures attacking these soldiers and back. And I just sat there watching and just was laughing because all the runes from them dying just came up and went into me. I'm like, yeah, experience. But it was just so neat. Weapons can be upgraded in the classic system of you find certain items that you use to, in this, they're called smithing stones. Use a number of them to level up to the next level. So it would be like great sword plus one, great sword plus two, etc. And there are things called ashes of war, which I don't even really know how to use yet. But it's kind of a like add on move that you can attach to the weapons. This game has so many mechanics, but at the same time, it's not daunting because it doesn't throw them all in your face with a bunch of tutorials in a five minute span. And as much as it's like, yeah, I don't know how to do this at the same time. I didn't, it didn't put so much on me all at once that had me going. I don't remember any of what I read because I've read so much in so little time. The game is amazing. It, there's no other words I have to say. The world is amazing. Playing it feels so smooth. It's an incredible game in every sense of the word. I completely understand the 10 out of 10. I played it for an hour and I think it's fine. I think it's it's fine. Question. I'm going to back it. I'm going to back it up. Don't worry. <laughs> out, out of sheer curiosity. Yeah. When you first walked out into the open world. Of course, I went after the giant horseman. Of course, I did. <laughs> Absolutely. 10,000%. I went after the giant horseman. I just went through a cave of knowledge and I was ripping spines out of dudes like I was in Mortal Kombat. I felt immortal. I felt like a god king. And then I see the first person outside. I'm like, huh, I wonder what this is going to be like. I hit him with like a power move, whatever. And it takes away like literally three millimeters off his health bar, which is like as long as my TV is. And like I have a 65 inch Sony. So like it's a pretty long health bar. Real like three millimeters off of something that's like realistically at least two and a half feet long. So, yeah, I I done goofed up. I started maneuvering around that guy. I was like, well, this isn't like how it's supposed to be at all. I, I found some w weird harpy monsters on a cliffside. I fought them. I started feeling it again. I'm like, I'm getting into this game now. I'm getting into this game now. And then uh, I find like an old abandoned set of ruins. And there's like a blood note that says like, hey, you should go look for stuff in the ruins. And I was like, well, duh, obviously I'm going to do that. I have no idea if it's treasure or some boss that's just going to rip me in half. I'm assuming it's the latter, but I'm trying 50, to be 50. more. I'm, gonna, I'm trying to be more cup half full this year. So I decided to go into the ruins. I take out the first guard there like a boss. I feel like Sam Fisher got transported into this medieval fantasy pair, like, you know, parallel story about uh, her. Sorry, parable story about like the limbo. And I'm like, wow, I can't believe they let me have all this power. And then I'm about to take a swing at another guy when some character I didn't even see stabs me from behind and kills me. I'm like, I think that's enough for one night. I'm playing as the samurai, which I don't understand the context really of the samurai in this setting, but I don't understand the context of really any of the characters in this setting. So that's fine. I think there needs to be a middle ground because I agree with you, Elijah. Games 
we talk so much about endings of games and I've recently been trying to be like, hey, let's talk about the beginnings of games because that's where like you can lose people real fast. I think Pokemon Arceus does a terrible job of introducing you to the game because it lets you play for like maybe two and a half minutes walking around capturing, you know, not Professor Oak's Pokemon that are on the beach in the first scene. And then it just makes you read so many hundreds of words for like the next 25 minutes after that. And then, like, I think it's, like, probably the worst first hour of any Pokemon game, at the very least, if not, like, any game I've played in the last, like, three years. It gets more fun after that. But it's, like, maybe you should have, like, moved the fun part up a little bit. And so, like, I think there needs to be a middle ground between that and then, like, Elden Ring just being, like, you got this, buddy. Go for it. Just do it. Just go go do do what you feel. There's got to be some middle ground between there. I think that's probably like my biggest concern with these games. And like I buy all these games because like they're not necessarily for me, but I respect the developers. And like I do think that there's like a level of craft there that like I don't feel guilty for purchasing. Like Bloodborne is one of the coolest art directions I've ever seen in any game. Elden Ring is sort of probably not as interesting visually to me, but still really impressive in terms of like art direction and just like world design. Uh, So I have no problem like spending money on stuff, even if it's not like going to be my favorite thing. But like, I just need like a little more direction. Like I just, I don't understand what qualifies as like a success in that game. And I think that's the thing that sort of like bums me out the most. So one thing, and this just goes in some of the direction talk. One thing the game does, not all of them, but some of the graces that you find will have like a golden light coming off of it and it's pointing you in the dire- the direction that you're supposed to go which is cool. really cool it's it yep. it's not much but it gives you a, co- a pointer is basically saying all right you want to go that way like sh- exactly like shadow of the colossus you know like reflecting the light off the sword to like find mm-hmm. out where like the next like that i just need something like that you know like just something to tell me like okay but like what am i supposed like I obviously like I want to see more of the game. Like I understand like you buy a game, you want to see everything in the game and like the developers are really like trusting that you'll do that. But I want like a little direction. That was like what turned me off of Breath of the Wilds like so much was like I felt like there was little direction in that game, too. And I just I want to be like told a story sometimes. You know, Like I don't want to sit there on like I'm playing video games on my time off, you know, when I'm not working. Mm-hmm. So it's like I don't want to devise my own story, too. And like I'm a creative writer for work. Like the last thing I want to do when I clock out is like be my own storyteller in a video game. That's supposed to be relaxing. Yeah. That that's the, the biggest thing that I think keeps me in the world is that line of like showing you, Hey, you want to go in this direction because without that, it is a matter of just where do I go? What do I do? Having that line is what tells me, Hey, Go that direction. You're, you're going to find story content. Okay. Then it's just like, you know what? I'll, I'll explore a bit. Explore a bit. And, oh, here's another line. I'm going to go that way. And yeah. that's the the biggest thing that I think genuinely kept me in this game. Compared to games like Breath of the Wild that gave no context whatsoever of where to go or what to do. And... I get why Breath of the Wild always comes up in every single review for this game but i also think this world is much more alive and (laughs) much more for lack of a better word fun to be in yeah we need to stop pretending that breath of the wild invented open world games that just let you sort of 
meander in any given direction. We like we got to stop that conversation. Yeah, I mean, there yeah, was more I completely long agree. before Breath of the Wild. Um, but no, I was just going to say to George's point, I mean, I haven't played Elden Ring, but I can understand the complaint of wanting a little more direction because oh, yeah. like I adore Bloodborne. And that's really the only Souls game I've played. I mean, I played a little bit of the Demon Souls remake on PS5, and I want to go back to that at some point. But my my problem with Bloodborne is pretty much exactly what George said, and that is I got 25 hours in, and then I just couldn't figure out where to go next, and I gave up. The the nice thing about older Souls games and like Bloodborne that is, for example, in Bloodborne, you have the tombstones, which is where it'll show yeah. you the... the uh, light posts that you right. had right. you at least have you go oh i'm i'm at this tombstone i'm mm-hmm. down to here obviously i still have stuff to do there because it fills in like in order so right. at least you have that in this game it's have fun yeah <laughs> i do want to play it at some point though i mean i i i i really want it and uh, I just got too much going on right now, game wise. But for sure, on Black Friday, I'm sure that game will be, you know, thirty, forty bucks at least. So also, George, that uh, enemy that you fought that took off the sliver of health, I didn't fight him until about fifteen hours into the game. What level also, were you? Uh, I think like twenty nine or something like that. Yeah, see, I was like level nine, so that's a mistake. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> and right behind him is the first grace point that leads you in a direction tight it's probably should have uh yeah you know how like in mario like you just go right can't really go left and then like in later games they started (laughs) hiding things like on the left screen like yeah you're right maybe i should have looked behind me before what is this a nascar race he's turning left again what about right (laughs) just left (laughs) so you get it okay yeah it's good to hear your thoughts though elijah like i said i'm i know a lot of people are playing it and it's been, I mean, it's still incredible to see. I, I just looked it up. It still has a uh, 97 on Metacritic, which is insane. It, so honestly, even like with the games I liked last year, I haven't had a game in my thoughts like this in such a long time. And even the sense of community with this game mm-hmm. is outstanding. I'm seeing so much on Twitter of, hey, I saw this somewhere. Who can who can tell me where they found this? Or I screenshotted a conversation today. There's a I don't know what it's called, but like a whirly gig weapon in this game. You remember how Bloodborne had the one that like you that spins like almost on a motor? Yeah. Yep. There's one of those in this game. Nice. And I don't know where it's at yet. I need to find it. But I saw a whole conversation today about like Hey, if you find a certain Ash of War, it adds the ability to cause bleed damage. And that thing is a an insane weapon. Hmm. So that's I, I screenshotted part of that conversation. And went when I went to screenshot about the weapon, it was gone. So now I'm just like, I need to find this <laughs> thing. <laughs> but the sense of community is insane. Yeah. My my Twitter feed is 95% Elden Ring right now. And it's crazy. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, George, have you been playing anything aside from Elden Ring that you want to talk about? Yeah, I want to talk about uh, Deep Rock Galactic. No, I'm just kidding. I won't do that to you guys again. Uh, <laughs> Zombie <we> played... Army 4. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we talked about it 
since we recorded, but uh, I played a little Rainbow Six Extraction with Austin and Elijah. Yeah. Was that last week? Yes. I think it was last okay. weekend. Yeah. Last Saturday. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Cool. We need to play uh, that game is we do a game is way more fun than I thought it would be. Um, I don't think it's like a particularly good game, but I think it's like the definition of like entertainment. And I see why this wasn't like yeah. a full release. Yeah. And so I think there are exceptionally worse ways for you to spend your time. I'm not going to say there's exceptionally worse ways for you to spend your money. But uh, yeah, if you got some buddies who want to play that game's that game's pretty, pretty fun. And it's nice to have like a game where conversation matters. Like I have been playing more Deep Rock Galactic with my buddies, but like we're just so freaking good at that game now uh i i hate to sound cocky but like god we've 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 all got yeah we've all got some some hours under our belt for that game uh and so like we're not really like the strategy element kind of died we're like now it's just like we'll be talking about literally anything else like oh what was the first concert you ever went to oh really third eye blind oh that's amazing you know like we'll be just like talking about that and then it'll be like, oh, I'm actually getting kind of low here. And there's like a, an exploder coming up. It's like, OK, you're right there. Like, that's like all the strategy we talk about that game now. Uh, whereas extraction, granted, I didn't really know what I was doing. So I was asking a lot of just like, which button do I press to crouch again? Like I was doing a lot of dumb questions like that. <laughs> but it was nice to like tactically plan how you'd like enter a room that you suspected, you know, baddies or, being in. Or like we have the spines that we have to blow up. So we're like, all right. You watch over here. I'll watch over here. Let's board up the doors and windows. Pay attention for this kind of enemy. It It is really fun when it's like that. Yeah. Yeah. I I just think like you guys also like the Division 2, right? Yeah. Freaking love the Division 2. This just felt like if the Division were first player, like, you know, like I I think we're going to I'm going to bring it up at least when we get to like our main topic. But like Ubisoft really needs to diversify the way it's things feel a little bit. And that's all I'm going to say until we get to our main topic of the show. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I love Extraction, but I do agree with you. I mean, I'm I'm glad it's a discount game because it's, I mean, it, it does get repetitive, but I think that mm-hmm. when you're playing with friends and stuff, it's still a lot of fun. And, I, I, you know, I've really enjoyed what I've played so far. So, And like leveling up on my own and going for the points of interest of that is the perfect, hey, I'm going to pop on Netflix or Hulu and just kind of grind in mm-hmm. this game a bit. Right. Coach, you've been playing anything? Yes, but <laughs> what have you been playing, Austin? Let's hear from you. Okay. Well, we're going to save the best for last then, I guess. No. Right? No. You, I mean, you've you've clearly been playing the best game. Yeah, but right? not according okay. to George, Okay, so. okay. Um, so <laughs> I've been playing Fire Emblem Three Houses, which I think I had talked about maybe whenever I was on last. Uh-huh. You did. And um, how many hours you in? Not super far, maybe seven, seven hours. But it's I'm kind of past the tutorial section now. I'm like kind of where things are finally starting to to open up and and kind of give you more exploration and and ways to do stuff. And man, do I love that game. It is really, really good. I am so hooked on it, like to the point where and I'm probably not going to do this. But I said in the chat earlier, I was like, you know what? Maybe I'll cancel my Gran Turismo 7 pre-order for this Friday because I'm so freaking hooked on this game. And I don't want to be interrupted by anything else. It's so good. It's fantastic. The characters just, I mean, there are so many characters in this game. And they're all great. Like even the, you know, you, for those that don't know about the game, it's been out for years now at this point. But 
it works kind of like uh, fates did where you choose kind of a pathway and um, that pathway is kind of the group of characters that you stay with for, for the main like story stuff. And so I chose the golden deer, but I'm still like talking and, and communicating with the characters from the, uh, is it the black eagles and the blue lions? I want to say yes. are the other two. And so, yeah, I mean, it just the, the options you have there, the, the writing and stuff that the actual plot development is really good. I mean, it, I totally agree with George. We talked about it last week. The, the first few hours are just total text. I mean, it's, it's nonstop text, but um, once you get through that, I mean, it's, the story has really got me hooked and I, I, I can't wait to see where it goes. Um, the actual RPG mechanics I think are fantastic. I mean, it's been a long time since I've played a strategy RPG and it's, it's so, so refreshing compared to turn-based, you know, your standard like Pokemon persona, whatever it may be style game. So yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just totally, totally in on it and hoping I can beat it, but that's like going to be a, half of my year probably <laughs> you know i remember the first part of the 2000s there were some really good strategy rpgs that that released on playstation um released on game boy advance final fantasy so, tactics yep yeah for both uh eight, eight two baby yeah yeah <laughs> and then you had um tactics ogre like i remember um i was able to pick that up and it wasn't like you could just get it anywhere, right? So it was off the sh sh the store shelves really quick. But someone made a comment in the game facts that um, your battles can last up to forty five minutes, and I thought that was awesome, right? So it's it's kind of a pick up and play, but it really it, it isn't because battles could last for a while so i was doing i just wanted to ask you this i was doing some research about a month ago on good starting points for um fire emblem because it's such a big series right and they said what the video i saw mentioned um of course the first game boy advance title right and also awakening but they mentioned yeah. that three houses isn't such a good game to to jump back jump into this this series do you agree with that yeah it, the, well the thing is with three houses is it's it's quite a bit different they change quite a bit um it honestly they they took a lot from persona where you've got this stuff where you go around um and you walk around this kind of like you know lobby it's it's a school and you you walk around the school when you're not battling and you can go and like communicate with characters and like grow your relationship with them and do activities with them, cook food with them or whatever it is and um, grow their motivation and stuff. And that, that is very like persona esque. And so that's new to the series. And then actually they removed, which I didn't realize this until I started playing, they removed the weapon triangle, which has been in every fire emblem game. And it was basically, I, I forget the exact order, but it was like, Lance is strong against sword. Sword is strong against axe. Axe is strong against lance or whatever it is. And that they've gotten rid of that completely, which is interesting because that was like such a major part of a Fire Emblem before. So I think maybe that's why you were reading that is maybe just because it's, it is a lot different. Um, there's, a, there's a lot different about the battle system and the way the, the world works in this game compared to the older games. So that might be why. Uh, honestly, I don't know though. I, I still think it's a 
a great spot. It's just got some um, unique aspects for sure. But I mean, truthfully, I'd say if you're looking to get into Fire Emblem, I think Awakening is a great, a great starting place because that game is pretty much flawless. <laughs> that game's awesome. It, yeah. I agree. It is pretty. It is pretty I, much flawless. I think that's the one my favorite character is from. Yes, Lucina. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, she's back. So, Coach, have, do you want to talk about the the game you've been playing, or I mean, it's just been Breath, Breath of the Wild. I'm, yeah, I'm not gonna bore everybody with it. So, no, uh, I mean, Breath you would be you would be making me really happy. So. <laughs> okay. Well, so, anyway, I'm uh I'm doing the on this playthrough. What the reason why I like Breath of the Wild is you can change up the way you play the game, right? You can set your own parameters. So I'm not getting all the Karak seeds, but I am gonna go for um 120 shrines. So I'm uh I'm on the back third, right? So I got 81, I think 81 or 82 shrines. So um, I'm at the I'm trying to level up my ancient armor to level three. Four is max. So I will uh I'll be going now that I'm at the end, towards the end, I'm gonna start going against the divine beasts. And then once I finish it, um I think I'll wait to do the uh the trial of the sword just because there's a lot of things that you have to do in there that um I don't think I'm ready for. Like I've only beaten one Lionel, and that's because I used an ancient arrow, right? So um, I got to learn how to fight those and the Hinnix. I need to learn how to fight and uh, be efficient, right? It's one thing to beat it once, but you want to be good at it. So, And you have to be good at how you strategize to get the, uh, to pass the trials. So, and that's my ultimate goal. Right. Now, I and, need and, to know. Okay, go ahead. I, I was going to say, I need to know. If- this is correct. I heard it from someone, but I don't know. What do you get for getting all the Korok seeds? A golden poop. I don't know. I was going to say, I basically heard the Korok seeds are one of the biggest trolls ever in gaming. They are. Well, you, I'm you serious. To, it, it is literally yeah. a golden poop. You literally get a golden poop. That is what and you And you open up, all, you, you increase your storage capacity for yeah. your, oh, your no, weapons, your yeah. bows, and your shield. Oh, there, okay. no, yeah, it gives you a lot of stuff, but at the end, when you get all of them, yeah, literally your your last reward is is a poop. <laughs> I, I didn't know it gave you like other stuff. I always thought it was just a collectible. No. So okay, at least there's that. No, thankfully. And and I have like, and it's I have a set routine. Like as soon as that blood moon comes, I I go get my my fruit so I can make a you know the max arts. And then I go to all the shrines that have like the modest to um, the highest difficulty uh, guardians, the the shrines, so I could pick up their armor because I've been using their armor. Nice. So, yeah. And then uh, speaking of awakening, I did dust off my 2DS XL and I got through the prologue, which is like what forty five minutes or something like yeah. that. But I do, and I told, I know I've. We've talked about, I've told you this, but before I play Three Houses, I do want to play through the Fates, the three games of the Fates, right? Yeah. So, and I thought I better get get through Awakening first, so. I heard that (laughs) in order to, like, even buy the DLC for Fates, you, like, need to get to, like, Chapter 4 or something. 
Like you can't just buy really? the DLC. You have to play that. partway through the game in order to buy it. So in order for me to get the DLC before the store shuts down, I have to buy a copy of <laughs> Fate, play through it, and then I can buy the DLC. But you know what's interesting is what you said, Elijah, is I could see where you could buy the DLC on the Nintendo eShop, but I cannot find... Um, is what's the th- what's the one that's digital? It's Fates. What is it? Starts with an R. It's Revelation and Elijah. Just from a quick search, by the way, it looks like you can just buy it on Amazon. So I think you're safe. Oh, re- oh, good. Yeah, I can't find. <laughs> and I am probably going to do that as well. It's a uh, it's it's DLC only. So you you uh, you there is a physical cart that has it, but it's like really rare. Yeah. Well, no, I'm looking for the digital of. Fire Emblem Fates. It must be on the eShop. Either way, though, apparently you can just buy it on Amazon. So I want to I want to move into our our big topic here. Then this this kind of comes on the heels of the new Pokemon announcement. And we can certainly talk about that itself here for a little bit as well, um, if that's something we want to dive into. But yeah, this week uh, or I guess over the weekend, uh, Game Freak and Nintendo announced Pokemon Scarlet and Pokemon Violet, which are the new ninth generation Pokemon titles that will be coming out on the Switch supposedly later this year. We'll see if that actually happens or if they get delayed, but they are supposedly on the way. But the big topic here that, that I kind of suggested, because this evoked uh, feelings of that, is is franchise burnout and franchise fatigue. Um. You know, the, the, the reason this kind of started for me was I was looking at Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. And I, admittedly, I'm actually somewhat excited for these titles. But, um, you know, just in the past couple of months, we've already gotten Pokemon Arceus and uh, Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, uh, none of which have I picked up or played yet. And so now it's like, God, we're getting another one. And... <laughs> Or another two, I should say. And I just can't keep up. Uh, and, and not just that, but it's like at some point is, is enough enough. Like, should they have taken a break um, between these titles? So, yeah, I, w- I just kind of wanted to approach the one, the Pokemon announcement and how we feel about it. And, and two, um, again, like getting getting burnt out on, on game franchises, because it's something I've certainly felt throughout the years. You know, we annualize franchises for me have have kind of become a a nuisance over over time um i i still like some of them but over over a span of five six seven eight years you know it 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 gets um just to a point where it's it's too much for me so yeah it was it was curious to hear all of your your thoughts i'm excited for the games uh i'm probably going to grab scarlet because scarlet's one of my favorite colors and you know, watching the trailer, it looks neat. It looks like there are there's a part of it that actually is taken from Arceus, almost as if Arceus was the original concept for some of the stuff. And that excites me a lot more than it just being, you know, a normal Pokemon game where you just follow this route and uh, play these. It plays maybe a little differently, but at the same time, the exact same. And it looks like this could break the mold a little bit, and that excites me. But, like you said, 
do they need to release it another one so soon? No. The answer is no. But at the same time, are they going to make a ton of money from it? The answer is yes. So why wouldn't they? I think it's a good thing. I think uh, one thing that we sort of lost, I think, over the years uh, is that Nintendo used to make two consoles at a time, right? Like it used to be a portable and a handheld. And uh, I think Arceus is sort of like the, uh, you know, Pokemon Coliseum XD Gale of Darkness for the Switch. You know, like it, it borrows a lot of ideas from like the main series, but it is not a main series game. I really like a lot about Arceus, but there's a lot that I don't like because it's just like not traditional enough for me. And I really didn't like Shining Pearl and Brilliant Diamond because I just hate that freaking art style so much. Uh, That said, I am so beyond excited for this because it is seemingly taking like some of the coolest additions to the franchise from from Arceus and blending it with like a more traditional model. So I'm I'm really looking forward to it. But I think. You know, we used to get like the main games on handhelds and then like the weird spin-off games on on home consoles because Game Freak was so I get paranoid, I guess, about like releasing the franchise to to new areas. And uh I'm I'm beyond excited. Also, when was the last time you guys remember off the top of your head, when was the last time? Don't look this up. The last time that there was a Pokemon game with a color in the name. It was uh Black and White 2, wasn't it? Yeah, that was ten years yeah. ago. So this is the first time in 10 years that's that there's true. been a color of Pokemon game. And I wonder, like, if I don't want to say, like, if that's why I didn't like some of those games, because, like, I really I genuinely love Sun and Moon. I thought Sun and Moon did a great job of, like, capturing yeah. more chill games. vibes that I was kind of looking for at the time in my in my video games. That said, I don't know. There's something that feels <clears throat> like I want to get romantic because there was something about the trailer that was just, like, really special. And it felt like, oh, damn, I get to be a kid again. And then I remembered like, oh, no, George, that's exactly how you felt during the sword and shield reveal. Like, don't don't be an idiot. You've you've done this to yourself countless times over the years. But I am genuinely really excited for this game. And I, I yeah, the teaser trailer, I think, already makes it look very exciting. It's like based off Spain. So you just get like these giant, beautiful mm-hmm. cliffs. You get like this weird Spanish architecture with like a little bit of Roman and uh, like Moorish influence, really cool stuff. Like there's one building that just straight up looks like, like the cathedral de Madrid and like cathedral de Seville. Like it's just really cool stuff. And I'm, I'm stoked. Let me ask you this, George, what did you not like about the art style of brilliant diamond and shining pearl? What was it that? Cause I hear a lot of people like, I mean, it's still sold like 13 million, right? Between the yeah. two. But what did you not like about it? I personally don't like the chibi art style and like I didn't like that it would switch back and forth. Not unlike it would in like the DS games, right? Where like your characters or DS and Game Boy Advance and Game Boy, like your character be super chunky little plopper boy or girl walking throughout the world. And then like, you know, the music would happen there. You get like a little transition and then it would zoom in and then you'd see like a proportional person. And then, you know, you'd shrink back to that chibi art style. And I just think that let's go Pikachu and let's go Eevee just looked a lot smoother having like a consistent overworld to battle. Right. Uh, art direction. So I, that that's what I dig. That's the only thing I don't like about shining Pearl and brilliant. Diamond. Otherwise like they're fine games, but I was way more excited about Arceus and then I got burnt out on Arceus pretty quickly. So I just wish to... whoever was the uh, developer or the developer, you know, the, the dev team that, uh, did that remake of um, 
of those games that they would start remaking the the 2D Zelda games. Yeah. Like I think we I don't know, for me I would love that. Especially the original one. Like this would have been last year would have been the perfect year to remake it using the same engine as Link's Awakening, right? Would have been I agree. I, I don't know. They they missed the boat on that one. So I just wish that Nintendo would do the same thing with uh, the 2D Zelda games because you got Legend of Zelda. You even could do Link's um, the second one, right? The Adventure mm-hmm. Link is that what you know? Yeah. Zelda Two Adventure Link, and then of course the the uh, two Oracle games. Yeah, so. that'd be dope. And um, I I, th- I think you're right. Like I I really wanted them to keep going down like the Let's Go Eevee, Let's Go Pikachu train. And then I thought that was going to be like sort of like the off year Pokemon game we'd get. Yeah. And then we get like a new mainline game like every two years, just to like give them like a little bit of breathing room, I guess, in terms of like introducing like big new concepts. And then that way you bring like all the old Pokemon up to like current capture methods, I guess, or storage method like on Switch. Uh, but I like that. Even that said, I still don't think this is too much because like I think we used to get like a Pokemon Ranger game every year. You know, like I didn't feel yeah. I didn't feel burnt out on the franchise. It's just because they're I think they're because they're all coming to the same hardware now you just notice it more you know that's actually what i was going to say and and i had never really thought about it that way until you said it george but yeah i mean i guess i totally forgot the the years of you know the the early ds and wii games where we were getting you know pearl platinum heart gold soul silver whatever and then we were getting two three ranger games we had several of the mystery dungeon titles we had um what was it? Uh, Battle Revolution was the Wii kind yeah. of thing where you could hook up your DS, which was actually just not really much of a game and more so just a DS add-on, but still. Sure was, um, yeah. But there was that yeah. Dialga and Palkia cover that looked great yeah. on the, on two. Yeah. But I guess I just never really thought about it that way, to be honest with you, um, how we had gotten all that stuff just in the span of three, four years. And, um, you know, this really, I guess, looking at it that way is not that much compared to those early DS and uh, and Wii years. So that that is kind of interesting, actually. And I'd argue that all these games are better than a majority of what we were getting in those days, right? Like, no, like the uh, the mainline games were great, but like, yeah. come on, man, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, Pokemon Ranger, like, come on, like they're fine. But... Yeah, they were fine. I I liked Ranger for what it was. I actually did like. Um, I never played the most recent Mystery Dungeon game, the the Switch one, but the last one on 3DS, uh, Super Mystery Dungeon, that one was really good. I really liked that game. But um, yeah, I mean, so you guys, uh, uh, George, it sounds like you're not necessarily burnt out on on Pokemon. Um, I kind of am still, you know, I I dropped off of that franchise. Really, when I picked up Let's Go, it, those games just did not click with me. And from there, I was kind of over over the franchise. But these new games, I think I'm going to get because they, for the same reason, George, I mean, watching that trailer, it actually got me very excited for for what's to come. And in a way that even Arceus, I mean, I, I was somewhat excited for Arceus, but honestly, not really. I, I didn't really care for that game um, leading up to it. But th- this has already got me... A, a little more excited than than Arceus has. Yeah, my, my jumping point was Let's Go Eevee. 
And I just remember in the summer, I just couldn't put that game down. Like I love the grind, just grinding my my team up. And then when I when I found out the, about all the EV evolutions, that was it for me. Like whenever I play now, it's like, okay, what can I do? Can I evolve EV? You know, at least give me Leafeon, right? Because that's my favorite of all the um, evolutions. And then I really got into Sword and Shield. So um, you know, when I when I saw this, I, I was excited. I'm excited to to play this new one. And I just think, like I said, like in our chat, that um, Arceus is more like it's not necessarily adult, but it's for your older um, generation, right? And then yeah. the newer games, the the mainline games, I think they're still built for kids, right? Because you know, that's what they were back in the day when, when you guys were kids, when my, when my son was a kid, right? So, and they haven't lost that. So I think it's good to have two, like your adult. So you, you know, because adults are still going to play the main line, right? So we'll see. Uh, I'm excited to actually eventually get into Arceus and see what it's really about. Woo. So are there are there I guess the the big topic here is are there franchises that we are burned out on and franchises that we would like to see either come back or go away or change up in in a way that um would would grow more interest um I mean for me you know the the immediate one is Assassin's Creed I yep. I hit 3 you know, up to three, Assassin's Creed was one of my all-time favorite series, and then three released, and I actually had no real issues with three. I just played it, and I thought to myself, well, I never want to play another one of these again. <laughs> so <laughs> that's kind of where I got with that, and I, I do want to try the new ones at some point, but that that is the one that I got burned out on. No, they, they put themselves into a hole again, though, with Assassin's Creed. Like, I was with you. I, I was so excited. I remember getting really amped up for Assassin's Creed 4. And it was right after I plowed him in Far Cry 3. And, you know, I had to, like, go around in Far Cry and just, like, farm animals and, like, build, like, new additions to your gear or whatever. The first thing I remember doing in Assassin's Creed 4 was, like, I had to hunt two iguanas to build, like, a bigger bomb pouch. I was like, bro, I just did this in Far Cry. Like, I'm not doing this again. So I sat out on Assassin's Creed until uh, Origins. And I love Origins. Origins is basically just, like, a third-person Skyrim that, like, works really well, you know? And then I got really into Odyssey and because I, I love Greek mythology. I'm like, this is so cool. And then I got like probably three or four hours into Valhalla and I was like, I cannot do this anymore. Like they just they they have like such a strong template for all their games that like I, I couldn't do Far Cry either. Like I grabbed Far Cry six. I played two hours of that game. I was like, I will come back to this someday, but it is definitely not going to be this year that all their games feel the same. They put, yes. put it in a cooler. Just put it in a cooler. Yeah. And that's what I'm going to say even more so than a series that needs to like take a break. It's the Ubisoft formula because like you said, they all feel the same Assassin's Creed and Far Cry may be vastly different in like one is a third person historical setting. The other is a first person, usually like a wild setting but yep. they feel the exact same because you're doing the exact same thing. And it's just that formula needs to chill out. But and what's the what's the story for Assassin's Creed now? There's no like modern day story, is there? 
No, there is. It's really intense. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. The one in Origins was wild. The one in Odyssey was wild. Do they connect uh, I don't, to I each don't other? think I vaguely, yeah. Um there's like it, there's connected characters. I just I honestly I get so mad whenever I'm reminded that the game takes place in modern times. Like I get genuinely frustrated. I'm like, you know, you didn't have to like make this be some weird conspiracy for me to be interested. It turns out just like bombing around ancient Greece, like killing yeah. minotaurs and stuff. Like that's a good enough game for me. You know, I don't need to be Oh, this is actually me reliving my ancestor's memory in the present. Like, I don't need that in, the, in there. The modern times part was always my least favorite part of Assassin's Creed games. I'm with you. And people always be like, well, you didn't like Desmond. I'm like, no, I didn't like Desmond. Who gave a crap about Desmond? Like, Kristen Bell was a character in the first couple games, and I just didn't care. I, was like, I don't care about this part of the game. I just yeah. want to do the historical part. Yeah. I just remember it's towards the end of Afghanistan when I was there. And there were just so many really cool trailers for Assassin's Creed 3. You know, and the one where um, it's him against the British army, you know? Oh, yeah. And then you play that and you're in the game and you're like, wait, what? Good. What? Not as advertised, <laughs> my guys. Yeah. yeah. I was like, okay. So... Well, you know, I guess is the the question is should they take a break from the Ubisoft formula or do they need to change it up? I I would they say need, they need to make take, it feel different again. Yeah. Yeah, like take a break because it's okay to have a game like that. A game, not all of the games. Yeah, one game in a calendar year, fine. That's fine. Yeah. Like I I think that's one of the reasons uh Rainbow Six Extraction was like my favorite Ubisoft game I've played as of late because it's the only game that didn't feel like an Ubisoft game, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. No, I, I hear you. And like I've got friends from San Francisco and like we always try to find like a new multiplayer game. They're the dudes I've been playing a lot of Deep Rock Galactic with and like Warhammer with and stuff. Uh and we were, you know, shopping for a new game and we were playing Ghost Recon Wildlands and Ghost Recon Breakpoint. And honestly, it just felt like not that different than The Division, really. You know, like, obviously, it is a little different. I'm not going to pretend it's it's not. But you're just doing similar types of things in similar types of situations. It's just like, guys, like, come on. And gotta, I got to mix it up a little more. I think that's why, like, you know, I love The Division, too. Probably one of my all-time favorite games. And I love being in that world. But also, that's probably why I've never touched Wildlands or Breakpoint. Because I'm like, it'll probably be like the same game. So if I'm going to yeah. play the same game, I might as well just play this game. Yeah, Wildlands is very similar to The Division, just not an RPG, basically. I mean, it, it, the gameplay feels very similar. Yeah. So. Also, it runs um, like crap on PS5, just a heads up. Uh, Ghost Recon. Really? Wildlands, yeah, it's got bad frame rate issues. Interesting. Breakpoint really? runs a yeah. Breakpoint runs a little smoother, but Wildlands. That's kind of weird. PS Five is it just like PS Five in particular? Yeah, no. I, I played it on PS Four and it was fine. Yeah, I thought it ran great on PS Four, but on PS Five, huh. like I know that one's got issues. Fabio was telling me that Bloodborne doesn't play the best on PS Five. So, I played Bloodborne on PS Five. I don't think the problem is so much that it doesn't play the best. I think the problem is it's easier to notice the 30 frames 
and just it, it's easier to notice <laughs> the worst parts of the game. Gotcha. Yeah, that game desperately needs a an update for PS5. Yeah. Well, in the in terms of like taking a, a break, did you, I'm sorry, camera. Did we already mention that like Call of Duty is not coming out next year, or at least like a traditional no. Call of Duty is not coming out next year? No. Uh, yeah. So that was. I don't think it's been confirmed, right? It's just kind of been leaked. I'm not entirely positive, but correct. Yeah. Correct. Um, yeah. Yeah, for 2023, there supposedly will not be a new Call of Duty game, which is the first time in. It'll be. I don't even know how long. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's insane to me. But again, I mean, should they take a break? Honestly, probably. I mean, so many people are hooked on Warzone. I mean, I know the the rest of these games still sell like crazy, but I'm sure it'll still sell like crazy even a year when there's not a new one, like the the, the previous year's title. I, yeah. I want you to take note that supposedly Vanguard was below sales expectations, so the number one selling game of the year was below sales expectations for the company. Vanguard is fun. I don't get why that game's getting pooped on. I I put so many hours into that game. That game's a blast. I got to like level seventy something on like the the season pass. Like I never get that high in season passes. I normally don't care, but that was it was a blast. It was super fun. Um, trying to think like what other series I kind of got burned out on. You know, honestly, the whole Fallout like Elder Scrolls style RPG. Um, I'm I don't think I'm burned out on it at the moment, but we'll see how I feel once uh, Starfield comes out. Um, that's those that's games really just all funny. feel exactly the same to me. Yeah, yeah. that's really funny because Skyrim was 2011, Fallout 4 was 2015. 15, yeah. And so within four years, I like couldn't be bothered to play. Fallout 4 because it just felt so much like Skyrim to me and I, I needed like a little bit more distance from I put like probably close to like 600 hours into Skyrim so like I, I needed a bit of a break uh and so now I'm, I haven't even thought about that I'm like I'm not buying the next Fallout I never like those games so I'm just gonna pass on those from now on. but I'm like huh will I be ready by the time the next Elder Scrolls game comes out I hope so we'll see that's happening in like 10 years right are you gonna get Starfield yeah, is that something you're gonna play uh day one especially since i know that there's no ladders in that game so it's gonna play just like i remember <laughs> yeah seth seth hates the ladders um Does he hate the ladders or hates the lack of ladders no uh, he hates the lack of ladders yeah he hates the lack of ladders um yeah i mean honestly the the ubisoft thing i think you guys kind of hit the nail on the head i think that's the that's the big one right now that i'm just absolutely sick of so <laughs> more interesting questions though do madden fifa the show and nba 2k do those need a break i say probably yes but they're probably not going to get one yeah i'm with you i i think one of the big things for me is there's constantly with madden there's the push to add in new features but it's broken for me every year the point where maybe instead of putting in new features, you should fix the glitches. Yeah. Fix the features that are already there. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, they don't care. They just no, no they absolutely can, not. They make a ton of money. So why off they? of high school kids, right. Or college age kids, you know, and, and so. that that's the same reason they will never take a break with Pokemon. Why would they? People are going to buy a ton of them. 
Yeah. Well, I, that's the thing is like, if it was, if I could, if I had a, you know, the infinity gauntlet and I could change EA's publishing strategy with, with, uh, the sports games. Austin just snapped and wipe out, wipe out <laughs> half of EA. Um, I know they're never going to do this because they still sell like crazy, but it would just make so much more sense to me if they made Madden as a platform or mm-hmm. FIFA as a platform. I think it's it's ridiculous to me that we get new titles every year, and especially now that they're $70 for each title when it's basically just you know different rosters. I mean, is there even really much that they add to Madden or FIFA or or MLB even at this point? I just I I, I don't really think so. So can you actually can you do me a favor while you're snapping stuff? Yes. Can you also get them to bring back EA Sports? It's in, it's in the game. game. Yeah, can you get them to bring that back? Please? Yes, that'd be great. Yes, sweet. The last one I really played a lot was um Madden 2000 on the PlayStation. And then I just got burned out on it and never really got back into it. I got hardcore into Madden again uh probably about it was Madden 25, so like when the PS4 came out. And I hit the point where once I was done with Madden 21, I'm like, I can't do this anymore. I got that, I got so burnt out on it Be- between the bugs and just playing so much of them. Like, I need a break. And I think I just, I ended up just taking a break from sports games in general. Well, that and like they just they purposely designed the games now to be like kind of a slog unless you're willing to buy like in-game currency, you know, so like I just feel like there's no point where you ever really feel like done with a sports game and it's really frustrating and like not in like a good way where you don't feel done with a sports game because like, oh, my buddy's over like, yeah, let's play a game of Madden. Like you you don't feel done because it's just like, oh, it takes so much grinding in like ultimate team to like actually Mm -hmm. get, you know, the assembly you want. And like, oh, God, the game could be so much fun if they just made it like fair and like respectable. But they don't like none of them seem interested in doing that. I haven't played the most recent MLB The Show. I have no idea. But like the last time I touched NBA 2K, it sure as hell wasn't. Last time I touched Madden, it it wasn't. And I haven't played FIFA really since it came to disc platforms. I was all about FIFA on N64, played a little bit on PS2. Not my thing anymore. Too many buttons. A lot to keep track of. Um. So I think those games like realistically need to take a break. I wonder like Grand Theft Auto, are we going to be like stoked to see that? Or do we put so much time into five that like, you know, like we've been playing Grand Theft Auto five for almost 10 years now, right? Next month, it'll be literally three gaming generations. Yeah. Okay. Incredible. Incredible. And so it's like, huh, are we done? Are we done with this game yet? And are we even going to care about GTA six since like, it never went away. Like GTA five never disappeared from, from zeitgeist. It never got off the charts. So like, do we even give a crap about GTA six? Are we too burnt out on GTA five? That's honestly a fantastic question. Yeah. And the answer for me is no, I do not care about Grand Theft Auto six. Um, the, the only I, thing that would bring me back to GTA is online to play with friends. Yeah. That's it. That's the only right. thing. I played that story mode in five, that freaking 20 hour long, like schlog that that story was. And I didn't think it was bad like you do, Elijah, but it's just anytime I think about it, like I remember enjoying it at the time, but just thinking about like the just 
obnoxiously long story mode that game had and my memories of it, nothing is positive. And um, no, I mean, we've had so much time with GTA Online and stuff at that point. Like, I, I just, I really don't care about six. And 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 truthfully, that progressed over to Red Dead for me. Mm-hmm. Like when Red Dead Two came out, I just sadly did not care. <laughs> yeah, e- even though they're a different <laughs> setting, those two games really do feel very similar. Yeah, yeah. So no, that's a that's an excellent, excellent point, George. Well, what about Resident Evil Four, right? I mean, ported to everything and the remake. What do you guys think about that? Great question. Yeah. I'm I'm curious what the remake will look like because, and the reason I say that is hearing some of the th- some of like the rumors about it. Um. It sounds like it's going to be a rather different game. It's supposed to be like more horror elements and stuff, more, right? More horror and go back to more of uh, kind of what we saw with like the Hookman demo from the second one and have that kind of overall tone. Um, and there's going to be much more like story added in that. So uh, the so Shinji Mikami wrote the game in three weeks. I had no idea. Yeah, it, it was on a crunch and he wrote the game in three weeks. So there was so much. He's like, I kind of had ideas, but I didn't have time to really execute on them. So it sounds like this remake of four could be rather different than the actual like the four we have now. I also am one that says we don't need a remake of four. So that's also my take on it. It was such yeah. an exciting time when it came out, right? It really you- was. You uh, you pre-order it and you got the demo disc right there. Like you yeah. got the demo disc right there, and I went back and played it, and I was just blown away. Like it made my made me so much more excited for it. Right. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how people um, if people gravitate to the game. I will say it's it's interesting. Not that. I mean, this is a lot more niche, but it's interesting that they're doing supposedly doing this Resident Evil 4 remake when um, the VR version just came out, which was mm-hmm. pretty highly, pretty highly rated. So I think one of the biggest things right now that I'm not going to say takes that away, but doesn't hurt as much is Resident Evil 4 VR came out on a platform where first off it Resident Evil wasn't playable before and second is a singular platform so people when Resident Evil 4 you know remake comes out of that there's a good chance a lot of those people probably never even touched Resident Evil 4 VR yeah no that's a that's a that's a good point for sure um I think Resident Evil is one of those franchises I'm actually not burnt out on but I think it's because even though we've gotten a lot of them, like in the past five years, they've been pretty different. Actually, yeah. we've had like a pretty unique variety between the first person and third person and VR. And also, they're not super long where yeah. like Assassin's Creed games, if you add up the last three Assassin's Creed games that came out, it's like 400 to 500 hours. If you add up the last three Resident Evil games that came out, it's like. 
30 to 40 hours. Yeah. George, what were you going to say? I was going to say, too, that, like, because those games are so short, like, I think there's probably a lot of people who, like, Resident Evil 4 might be their favorite game, but Resident Evil isn't necessarily their favorite franchise, you know, because, mm-hmm. like you said, like, all those games just offer so much, like, variety between themselves. Like, 1, 2, and 3 are probably, like, the most similar, right? And then 4 does, like, its own thing. Then 5 kind of, try like, chases 4 a little bit, but then 6, like, that was a mess. And then seven sort of like brought things back. And then eight, I guess, is inc- is similar to seven, right? It's similar but- to seven plus four. So, like, yeah. it that's an, yeah, because it's got a similar. I mean, the gameplay is basically the same. Yeah, the gameplay is the basically the same world but- and stuff is like totally different. Yeah. And that that the the change in world kind of adds to a change in gameplay even if the gameplay is essentially the same mm-hmm. yeah yeah i'd agree with that yeah so I, I just think you're right that like because every game is like different enough that like yeah we're not fatigued on that whereas like it's just like palette swaps for assassin's creed you know yeah and like call of duty call of duty used to be like basically a sim game you know mm-hmm. like it used to be like a really like kind of hardcore shooter that was all about being like historically accurate. And then it got like Michael Bayified in, yeah. you know, like the late 2000s, early 2010s. And uh, I don't know, like I thought Modern Warfare did a really good job of sort of like bringing back that simulation nature. It's still like it obviously wasn't historical accurate because it was taking place in modern times. And I think just out of respect to troops who were actually serving, they had to change conflict up a little bit. But um when Vanguard came out, I thought that game was going to be like way more historically accurate than it was, you know, and like, I'm sure like some of the broad strokes are accurate, but I don't know, like it felt like they referenced like books and documentaries, like in the game when Call of Duty, like finest hour first came to consoles. And they've definitely yeah. like gotten away from that. You Oof. know, I totally miss that, too. Like I miss mm-hmm. the old Medal of Honor titles and I uh, even um, what was it? Battlefield one that had the short little like vignettes yeah. that were great i mean they had some great stuff in there that was very historically accurate and no i i totally missed that and would love to see would love to see call of duty come back to that at some point for sure so um yeah i mean honestly i think that's all i have to add to the topic everybody else good with with burnt out on being burned out on franchises and stuff yeah the last one i want to add is i'm kind of burnt out on lego games it's again, oh, it's yeah. not that they're totally. bad, but yeah. I've played like four Lego games and I can't tell you where one ended and the other began. 100% and, agree with you. And like, yeah. they're not a bad game, but I, I could pick up a Lego game I've never played before and be like, I've played this game already. And that yeah. just gets to me. Yeah, I agree with you totally. I'm bored. I'm playing Force Awakens on Vita, Lego Force Awakens on Vita a bunch. And uh, like just literally trying to get that platinum so I can like delete it off my hard drive. And uh, God, God darn it. You know, like I can't believe like, do you know what you have to do to make Star Wars unappealing to me? Like, did you have any idea like how far out of your way you have to go? Like same thing with Gundam. I played a Gundam battle fairy game. That was one thing I forgot to mention. That game is like atrocious. Like it is like offensively bad. So do not buy Gundam battle operation fairy 
uh, Team Fairy, Code Fairy, whatever that game is. <laughs> Code Fairy. Well, yeah. it takes like it a sounds, multiplayer. Sounds great. Sounds great. It takes it takes their free to play online like multiplayer game and just tries to like spin a story around it and like with objectives and stuff. And gosh darn it, man, that game sucks. Like that game is painful to play. And so I'm getting to the same point too with like Lego uh, Force Awakens on Vita, where I'm just like. I don't know what to do. I don't enjoy doing it when I do accidentally stumble into like the right direction of what I'm supposed to do. And yeah, I just played Lego Harry Potter five through seven, not that long ago, but it feels like I did it 30 seconds ago. Cause like I, it's the same game. It's the same freaking game, you know? And it, yeah, Lego needs to take a break. It sucks that Skywalker saga is like about to come out. Cause I'm burnt out on Lego star Wars. I'm burnt out on Lego. And it sounds like I'm not the only one. Yeah, I'm right. totally, totally yeah. burnt out. I picked up, uh, I think it was last spring, I picked up the whole Lego Marvel set for like $5 on PlayStation uh, Store, and it had uh, whatever it is, Lego Marvel 1 and 2, and then Marvel Avengers, and like all of the DLC for like $5 total for all of them. Mm. And Andy and I played like 30 minutes of two, and then we were like, all right, <laughs> We're good. I think we're just gonna play something else. <laughs> well, that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> Remember that little little game called Guitar Hero? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. See, I'm actually ready for Guitar Hero to come back. Uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. Hoping. I didn't get like Guitar Hero Live or the new rock band when it came out because I was living in San Francisco. I like didn't particularly like my roommate, and I didn't want to accidentally play with them. So I I didn't buy those games and I regret it so much. Do you have yeah. any idea how expensive Guitar Hero Live is now? It's it's hey, infuriating. Hey George, you should hey, come Eliza. come over and play Guitar Hero Live with me. That sounds like a lot of fun, man. I would love to. Hey, George, I you know what has online multiplayer Rock Band Four. You know who's played it? Me and Elijah. Do you guys it, both have Rock Band Four? Yeah, yes. he even has a French copy. I do. Oh. I do. Because I, I bought it on Amazon and they sent me a, the French complete box set of like the, the drums and everything. And I was like, hey, guys, this is in a uh, North American listing. Why did you send me a French copy? And then they, if I'm remembering correctly, they like refunded me the whole thing and told me to keep it. Yeah. So. Wow. <laughs> so. Well. <laughs> yeah. This sounds to be pretty cool, Austin. Oh, man. I need, but I, I can't do the drums because I'm in an apartment and it's just I a got little you. too loud. So I'll do our drums. Yeah, great, great game. Though. So great game. I jumped into Guitar Hero when the Aerosmith version came out, just because I'm such. I've been a huge Aerosmith fan since I was like just getting into high school, right? And it was like I was a little kid playing air guitar again, right? So it was awesome. But wasn't there a Metallica version? Yep. Yeah. Yep. yep. And. Eventually, they did a, a Van Halen one, but I yep. think that was at the end when people, when it just got so, it was, we were oversaturated with those games, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, but hey, Microsoft, games, Microsoft has those games now, so you never know. It's weird. I think they actually <laughs> messed up by letting you buy songs carte blanche. Like, I think it's kind of like, you got to sell like 25 songs a week, you know? And like make that like a, a DLC pack for like nineteen ninety nine or something, and then you know that's how you like get out those songs that like you don't think are gonna sell. Like I, yeah. I think that was a mistake. Like the second you could just buy like Wonderwall and Champagne Supernova, 
and uh, don't look back to your Oasis without having to buy a band you've right. never heard of. I think that was when the writing was on the wall. Like rock band or guitar hero eighties was awesome because I didn't have a choice. <laughs> you know, if I wanted something, I had to buy that disc. Well, if they ever come back, they have to have a tool edition. Oh yeah. I think they might be able to now. And the reason I say that to give you an idea, tool wasn't even on streaming services until like two years ago. Like, yeah, like you can you couldn't buy the music digitally like you couldn't buy it digitally so hey mannered get your stuff together guy all right so i hear coach has a rapid fire question for us before okay we so totally off topic but before we finish i would just want to get 15 seconds or less your thoughts before um before we knew uh the new pokemon we all thought Breath of the Wild 2 was coming out. Does that change with the new announcement of Pokemon coming out in, you know, towards the end of the year in November? Does that change Breath of the Wild 2's release date? No, because I never thought it was. Oh. <laughs> Elijah! I was going to say no, because I never thought it was coming out this year anyhow. Austin! Uh, sh- Sure, but kind of for the same reason as Elijah, I don't think that game is. I don't think Breath of the Wild Two is coming out either way. So no, I, I, I guess never coming out. Yes or no? I think it's. I, I think it'll be out next spring. Can I just say that's the most BS answer I've ever heard? Yes or yeah. no? Either one. Just you know, choose <laughs> choose what your heart thinks. You feel like it, it's yeah. a real potato potato situation. But no, I I don't think they would release Breath of the Wild two and and a new Pokemon in the span of like a month or two. I think that would be a. I mean, I know people would buy it, but I I don't know. They they need to spread it out a little more than that. I think. <laughs> I think they Man, would. But. This is I I don't think. Breath of the Wild 2 might not come out this year because I mean, like, look at what else is coming out. Right, you got like a brand new big Pokemon game that's huge. You got Splatoon two in the summer three, Splatoon three. Thank you. Um, you got Kirby. You've got yeah. Xenoblade three is supposedly thank this you. fall, September. Yeah, like this is this is if Breath of the Wild two does come out, like I don't even care about. You didn't Breath even the mention yeah. the most important Nintendo game coming out this year, Fire Emblem yeah, three. Three. Oh, <laughs> I thought for sure it was going to be Front Mission. No, it's um, not a Nintendo game, Square Enix. It just Bayonetta three is supposedly also this year, though. Yeah. We'll yeah. see Bayonetta what happens 3. with that. But yeah. I think like, that's, that's, that's insane. Breath of the Wild. That's insane, right? Like that's a stacked yeah. year for Nintendo. Yeah. So you just push it to March, which is only you know three four months. I so. feel like they would be insane uh, to release Breath of the Wild two this this fall with all that other stuff. But maybe I'm wrong. I I'm gonna know. I'm gonna call it right now. Breath of the Wild two. October 2023. That far out, really? Yep. Wow. Huh. wow. I like it. It's just, it's so weird to me that I feel like for the first time in like 20 years, they decided to use the same engine so they could like quickly turn around a sequel. And it's been five, five years, years now since it came yeah. out, right? Because like it was Ocarina of Time in 97, 98, and then like the mask one Majora's Mask. Majora's mask. Thank you. Majora's Mask. That was like a year later, right? The second best Legend of Zelda game. Yeah, whatever. I don't care. I don't I'll be honest. I don't really care for Legend of Zelda that much. Like Wind Waker is really good, but besides that, I'm just 
a little off. But I'm just saying, like, they did this to make it fast, and they just, it's been five years. <laughs> just for a little context, Ocarina was November 1998, Majora's Mask was April 2000, so it was less than two years. Okay, that's still amazing turnaround when you consider Wind Waker was, what, 2003, then yeah uh shadow princess or whatever twilight that game princess. was twilight, twilight princess was yeah the best legend of Zelda game yeah i mean i already said wind waker but that's fine uh like that was 2006 that right that was like a, uh, a wii launch title that, that, yeah yes. and then skyward sword was 2011 yes it was 2011 and then yep yeah and then breath of the wild was 2017 so like yeah. it's it's taking longer to get these games out also, let's be honest. I, uh, Link Between Worlds might actually be the best Zelda game, but uh, yeah, God, it's just so funny. Like they just shot themselves in the foot so hard with this already. <laughs> it's so funny. I'm sticking to my October. Rock-tober. I bet it'll be March 2023. There we are. I bet All you're right. out of your GD mind. <laughs> oh, I'll be different, and I'll say it's still coming out. So there. So do you imagine how awesome that would be though? Like I would hate it because I wouldn't have time to play everything, but imagine a new Pokemon, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, Bayonetta 3, Breath of the Wild 2, Splatoon 3. Again, missing the best Nintendo game coming out this year. Cheese. Kirby. (laughs) The Mario Kart DLC. Yes, I know, Elijah. Kirby. (laughs) When is that first DLC drop? Uh, next Mar- month, yeah, March eighteenth. Uh, I want to say, yeah, a couple weeks. Kind of got. So that's the day negative... we get Cricket, our new dog. Yeah, that's also the day we get Strangers of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin. Uh, see, I'm not going to buy that game now. I got got too many mouths to feed in this house. <laughs> Literally <laughs> uh, another mouth. Yeah, no, but like, I'm way more excited about Mario Kart. Also, like, I just want one month to go by where I don't feel compelled to buy two video games on the same day, like this. We're recording this on Monday, February 28th. And like the this Friday, March 4th, it's like Gran Turismo and Triangle, Triangle Strategy. Strategy. And yep. like, I don't think I would like Triangle Strategy at all. I actually don't even think I would like Gran Turismo at all. Like I said, I've only ever played the PSP one. But like, I know I'm going to go to Walmart that day to, you know, get random BS stuff for like my basement that'll probably be flooding again by then once the snow melts. And I know for a fact, I'm going to walk by the video game section and I'm just going to be like, Roll the dice, baby. Maybe you'll like these ones. <laughs> well, just down the the demo. I think is like ten hours. I believe. Yeah, it's uh, three chapters. Yeah. Or you could play another strategy RPG, Fire Emblem Three Houses. Yeah, I already own that one and everything. <laughs> or uh, recently, Digimon Con was Saturday night, and they showed off a new trailer for Digimon Survive with no date. That yeah, did the developer never coming out? Yeah, did the developer already come out and apologize for delays? So like, yes, the reason being they switched developers midway through. Historically, a great sign in, in yeah. video game development. You know, That's great. You, you know, though, that there is a game that had developers switched partway through and turned out to be amazing. Metal Gear Rising: Revengeance, <laughs> Final Fantasy VII Remake. It was Cyber Connect Two. And then they switched developers. CyberConnect 2 just sounds like the worst like 90s action movie. Say uh, again? CyberConnect 2. They made the dot hack games. What are they connecting to? Your soul? 
Okay, I take that back. Now it sounds like a cool movie. All right, guys. Well, we're going to wrap it up there. I appreciate you all, both the three of you and the people listening to this ridiculous episode of Frame Skip. Um, quick, quick note here. We are changing our recording day, so I'm actually going to start posting the podcast I want to say uh, probably Thursday at noon Eastern time instead of Friday at noon Eastern time. So just a, a fair warning there. And, and hopefully with that change, we're going to be able to get Seth on more frequently to get us all under control and, and make sure that things are operating smoothly. He'll, he's the, the mastermind behind the show. And he'll finally get the sure gas can. Here. Yes, he will get the gas can. And yeah, please go listen to that episode that I do not remember the number of if you have not heard that story. Uh, <laughs> so, of course, you can always follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We are at Frameskip Pod. You can send us in questions at bit.ly slash Frameskip Q. So that's B-I-T dot L-Y slash Frameskip Q. Uh, George has his own podcast called Shortbox Summary. You can find that pretty much on any podcast service or on Twitter at PurpleBird616. Yeah, this oh. week we're talking Captain America, baby. Get ready. Nice. Winter, Winter Soldier. Who the heck is he? IDK. I don't know. I'm excited to the find Bastion out. Bastion Stan, George. Yeah, the movies really took a lot of uh, wind out of the comic book sales. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Uh, Elijah also has his own shenanigans. You can find him on Twitch at Local Lizard Man. He streams very frequently, so please go check him out there. Both George's podcast and Elijah's Twitch stream are in the description for this episode. Elijah is on Twitter at Local Lizard Man. I am on Twitter at Austin J. Eller. Seth is on Twitter at Seth the 90s Kid. And Coach is a ghost. Yep. He's just in the abyss. Social media. He is a leaf <laughs> on the wind. So with that, we will see you guys next week. And, and thank you so much for listening.